from the Bibbs Music Room. I'm your host, Bibbs, and here we're going to talk about music, inspiration, life, and everything in between. Now, here we go in three, two, one. Hello, everyone. This week, we are joined with probably our most special guest so far, Mrs. Ribibero, also known as... Bibbs's mother, a special Mother's Day special. <laughs> How are you doing today? Good. I'm excited. Yeah. So, although you're not a musician, you're definitely immersed in musical culture like crazy. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about how you started your love of music? Take us all the way back. All the way back? Yeah. Okay. Well, all the, the way stories. <laughs> all the way back, growing up, now I'm one of five kids. I'm the youngest of five. By then, there's a big span in between us. All of my siblings had to play an instrument growing up. My oldest played guitar. My brother played drums. My two sisters played piano. When I was probably six or seven, my parents wanted me to play piano as well because they had the piano in the house already. I tried for a couple lessons, and I wasn't having it. So I decided to do dance instead, which I think is a form of visual music, yeah, personally. So, which I'm sure you can appreciate that. <laughs> so we always had music playing in the house. All of my siblings played instruments. And because I was younger by probably um, the next after me is like nine years older than me, up to like 15 years, I grew up listening to like classic rock journey and van halen and leonard skinnerd and all that it was just always playing in the house when i was young young and i just got used to always hearing it and i think that's what started me mm-hmm. in music from the time i was like really really young yeah awesome and then now do you think your music taste has evolved from what you early you were listening to early on what are you listening to nowadays well, it, I think it evolved probably more than once over the years. Like I said, when I was little, I was just listening to whatever was being played in the house, which is like classic rock, like I said, like, you know, Van Halen and Leonard Skinner, the Eagles and Journey and all that type of thing. And then I would say when I was in grammar school, like probably sixth, seventh, eighth grade, a lot of my friends listened to like, like, I don't even know, pop radio, I guess, like Duran Duran and stuff like that. And it, that sort of thing didn't excite me. It was like what was being played on the radio, but it didn't excite me really. It wasn't until I was about 13 and I was in a girlfriend's house and I was walking past her brother's room and he had a poster of Tommy Lee on his wall. And when I l- looked at it, I was automatically just infatuated by the poster. So I went in, which he was not happy about me going into his room, and asked him about it. And he said, well, it's from this band Motley Crue. You wouldn't like them. And I'm like, just based on the poster alone, the photo of Tommy Lee alone, I was like, I have to hear the music. He's like, you won't like it. I'm like, but I have to hear it. And he's like, you won't like it. So finally, I talked him into playing, and he played me Live Wire, which was off of Motley Crue's first album. And that was it. That for me was like my first like, I love this. Mm-hmm. I need to hear this. I need to. And I walked down to the record store a day later 
and I bought what I thought was their first album, but it ended out and it ended up being Shout at the Devil, which was their second album because it had been out already. And I loved it just as much. And I think that is what started my first, like the music I really loved. Mm. And then I threw that, I found Def Leppard and like all kinds of glam rock that was in the 80s and all that. That's where I really started to love music. So you'd say that like your uh, music taste wasn't necessarily common for what people were listening to? It wasn't common. I mean, I had a group of friends who kind of listened to the same kind of music, but it wasn't mainstream radio. Mm -hmm. So we had some college stations back in New Jersey where I grew up that would play the more like harder, a little bit harder rock and the glam rock and that type of thing that wasn't being played on mainstream radio. Mm -hmm. So it was being played, but you kind of had to look for it and and seek it out because it wasn't really being played on mainstream radio at the Mm -hmm. time. So looking back, I know you started as a dancer and dance is still a big part of your life. Looking back, (laughs) do you in any way regret the choice to not pick up an instrument? Um, that's a good question. I've not actually thought about that. I mean, I, I, I don't think I ever have, but I think I was so like when, when Tyler had said he wanted to play drums, I was so excited about it that I was like, we have to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I was so excited about it. I yeah. think that's also because you spent years trying to talk me into it's playing being drums. a drummer. Because <laughs> I knew from the time you were born, you had these hands that just moved all the time that we were like, he's going to be a drummer. So I think, I think that came from, like, my, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, I think I wanted it for myself mm-hmm. as much as for him. Right to get into the world of music and start playing and performing and yeah. all of that. Like, it really excited me yeah. that he was like, I want to play drums. I was like, I want to be the mother of a rock star. <laughs> yeah. And talking about that. Um, Being so, the mother of a rock star? Yeah. You have <laughs> raised quite the musical prodigy. Um, what has that journey been like? And what do you think is important when, like, supporting a musician? Um, that, that journey has been one of the greatest joys of my life. And I mean, Tyler knows when he started playing drums, he had a little bit of stage fright. A lot Uh, of bit of stage fright. A lot of bit of stage fright. And when he first started playing, we had a private drum teacher, Kevin Safara, who's just an incredible talent, an amazing teacher, just an exceptional person who took him a long way in the beginning. And then when we started him at School of Rock, which is performance group that actually got him playing on the stage, that's their their whole motto is the best place to learn is on the stage. Mm-hmm. When he heard that, he was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not performing on stage. And we're like, well, just give it a try. And he was like, nope, not having it. He wouldn't even perform in the Rock 101, they called it, where it was just amongst his peers and a couple parents. He was like, nope. I'm like, well, let's do this. Take the lessons, and then when you get promoted to performance group, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to, just to kind of push him into it. Well, he got to that point, and he was like, I don't want to do it. 
And I know I bribed you with something. I don't even remember what it was. But I had to bribe him to just do one show. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you never want to get up on stage again, that's fine. Just do one show. Just do one show. Get up, play. It'll be fine. There's other. He wasn't even a beginner at the time because he had had lessons for a couple of years before then. Just do it once and you'll never have to do it again. And he fought me and he fought me and he fought me. And finally he agreed. He's like, I'll do one show. I will do one show. And he got up and he played the first song and he walked up, you know, off stage and he was like, I love this. And that was the day he he became a musician. He mm -hmm. became a performer. He was hooked, like, just from that one show. He was like, this is where I have to be. This is what I have to do. Yeah. And from that point on, that he just he just became a performer. And those shows at School of Rock were like just the the best times yeah. watching him perform all those years there so you kind of kind of push him a little bit i had to push so. him for sure mm -hmm. for sure he had to be pushed a little bit but i mean he's even had his you know drum instructors tell him that he's you know the the worst problem he's ever had is his confidence level because mm -hmm. his skill has always been like mm -hmm. you know right spot on and they're like, you know, he he just needs to know he's as good as he is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now we got to push you to start singing. Uh, That's one thing. I, I know. I, I he's, know. he's done that. He has sung back up a couple times. I know, like, your, I think it was your senior year. You yeah. sang back up a, a few times like in other, your... Uh, one of my last shows, yeah, yeah. I sang It was backup. a Motley Crue song, actually, I think. Yeah, I sang... Dr. Feelgood. Yeah, I sang Back Up on Dr. Feelgood. So you can do it. I think it's... I, I thought that was the funniest thing because they had me sing Back Up and the backup vocals, like, you know, they're, like, really high up. And I have a deep voice, and they had yeah. me try to sing that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's really important for you to just, you know, at least be able to sing a little bit of backup mm -hmm. vocals. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to work on it. You do practice everything. You practice your screams a lot. Yeah, I do. for sure. I do. For I sure. practice my screams a lot. I've over the amount of time that I've like known how to like scream and growl and stuff like that. I've probably <laughs> screamed and growled at the dogs the the most that I've like the most like the amount of time I've done growling and screaming. Probably like the majority of that time is at. Mavic or Ryder. Well. So, I mean, fun fun story. When he started playing, he had a ton of friends who were also playing different instruments in time. And because he was a drummer and the drum kit was here, we always had a lot of people in our house. And just because they were all, I mean, some of them, most of them, exceptional musicians, when they come together doesn't mean it's easy to start playing mm -hmm. at the same time and playing together. So it was really interesting hearing that process. So when they started doing that, their song, you know what I'm going to say, what is your warm-up song? Well, it depends on which which uh, which group is like the with with, the with your high school friends. Yeah, Symphony of Destruction. Symphony of Destruction. So it, it sounds bizarre cuz I hear Symphony of Destruction by Megadeth and I get teary because that was their it was like the first song they learned to play together and from that point on it became like their warm up whenever they got together they played that first they jammed to that 
and now it's like I get teary to Megadeth, but for me, it's like it, it's it, you know, it's got that nostalgia because mm. it's like the first song they learned to play together as a group. <laughs> so, out of all the shows you've been to, I'm sure there's a lot. What are like the standout shows? Uh, why do you think those stood out to you? Ooh, oh, you that's hard. About, you should talk about the time that you got spit on. When you had bleach blonde hair, oh. and you left it in your hair for like a couple oh, days. Oh, are you talking about like show, like professional shows? Yeah. Or are you talking about shows I've seen of Tyler play? Do oh. both. Do yeah. both. Do both. Um, yeah. Well, for sure. I yeah. Now that you mentioned that, I have to say, like I Motley Crue was my band. They're just they're my boys. They're my band. Every tour since since the time I was probably like fourteen, I think, was the first tour I saw them on. I've seen them every tour all the way through, except for a couple of years where they changed members out where I wouldn't see them. But they were playing at the Wind Creek, it's called now, it was the Sands Event Center right in Bethlehem where the mm-hmm. casino is. And it was general admission. Molly Crew, so I'm like, I'm going to show up five hours early because I have to be the first one online, <laughs> which I did, and it was great. It was a party. We made friends, and it was, mm-hmm. it was a good time. And that tour... I think it was 2013. They did all their old school war paint and makeup like they did back in the early 80s when they first started. And Nikki Six, uh, the bass player, we used to spit blood because that was the thing back then. And my hair at the time was bleach, bleach, blonde. And I was in the front row. And when he started doing that, it landed all over my face my hair so now i have this bleach blonde hair with it which was corn syrup or whatever it was mm-hmm. all over my hair and i came home and all my kids were like what happened to you and i'm like i was close enough for nikki six to spit on me and it was like one of the greatest moments of my life because that's how close i was yeah and I, it was a really good show it was a really good tour it was really it was really intimate because it was, just, I don't know if you've been there, but it's like a small venue, but they have really good sound quality. And I mean, you are like literally right up, yeah. right in front of the band. It was it was like one of the best Motley Crue shows I've ever seen in all the years I've been, I've been watching them. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. <laughs> what would you say is Tyler's best show that you've seen him in? That's... That's rough too. I'm gonna. It's, it's a tie. I think between two. It's probably not any of the first shows. I mean, honestly, you, this is not gonna come as a shock to you either. The favorite, my favorite song is Stranglehold. Yeah. Because that was in your first show that you ever performed live. It's it, it's a phenomenal song to play live. I mean, it's a great cover song. Tons of bands do it back from my friends in the 80s used to cover that song so i mean that song stands out as one of my favorites that you've ever done shows though i'm gonna have to say it's between led zeppelin would you agree i mean led zeppelin was i mean i think led zeppelin is definitely my favorite show to play led zepp that was just an absolutely phenomenal show and also all my friends were in that show too all your friends were in that show that I th- they I know they try to like mix it up and put some beginners and some intermediate some advanced but I think for that show it was like all they knew they people, needed yeah. to have all the advanced people in and it was just a tremendous show I mean 
that sticks out as one of the best shows ever. And then they, they uh, matched then, up with the Pink Floyd show. And the, yeah, that the Pink same Floyd night. show that same night. Unbelievable shows. And then I think probably, I don't know if it's tied with that, um, your last show. Because it was your graduating show. Mm-hmm. I think for you, you got to play like a lot of your favorite songs. Like you got to play System of a Down. You got, got to play, play Tool. Crew. You got to play Motley Crue. Like that was really cool that you got to play like a lot of songs yeah. that were like challenging and you wanted to play and they they just really really good songs for you in that show and it was your last show so I mean yeah and um Alma do you remember that uh Sue gave out a lollipop to who yes. she thought was the best performer and in that, every show that you got a lollipop that day I got a lollipop yeah for that yeah that show and usually she gives a lollipop to the guitar players. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like whoever plays like the guitar solo to like, like the last song usually always gets the lollipop. Yep. But I got the lollipop that day. Yep. You got the lollipop that day. Lollipop went to the drummer that day. Yep. Yep. And I know, uh, I know Sue really liked me because I always yeah flipped my sticks. Yep. Cause you fl- yep absolutely she loved that you flipped your sticks. Yeah. And you flipped them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it took you a long time to get that skill. Yeah. But now you do it a lot. And now I'm teaching some of my, my drum students <laughs> to, to flip, flip their, their sticks. St- really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> They're probably so excited really? about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my gosh, you're playing that well. And then like, how, how do you have the, like, how, how do you flip it while you're like, I don't even know. He dropped a lot of sticks. (laughs) That's where it started. He Mm -hmm. dropped a lot of sticks. Mm -hmm. You have to drop a lot of sticks before you start catching a lot of sticks. So can I can I tell you a little story? So Tyler's the youngest, you know, Mm -hmm. out of four, and when my my girls especially, when they used to drive around with me before they got their license, they would listen to like I don't know what was it like um. Serious hits one or like more of the poppy, you know, 90s Britney Spears. And like, I, I can't even think now, but that that's what they were into. And I totally allowed them to listen to whatever they wanted to when we were in the car. And I used to joke, I'm like, eventually one of my kids will like and appreciate my music. And for the first three, none of them really did. But what it, it was fine. I wanted them to be in the car and listen to their music and listen to what they wanted to listen to, and it was great. So I, I specifically remember the day I was driving around with Tyler. I think he was about 12, and we're in the car, and I flipped on Octane, which is like hard rock, heavy metal, and we were I don't even know where we were driving home from, and the song Cowboys from Hell by Pantera came on the radio and he said to me because we were a few a few blocks from the house he said to me can you take the a long way home so i can listen to the end of the song and right then i knew i i had him mm-hmm. like he's interested in this music like he likes it he, he he's interested mm-hmm. in it i think i remember saying you that. remember that yeah and i was like again i was like teary like i yeah. i was never so happy by anyone saying anything and i was like yes yes we could I'd drive around the block or whatever because he wanted to hear the rest of the song and i was like oh he really liked yeah. He heard this song and he really, really liked it. And then from that point on, what was the CD that I had in my car that really got you 
I don't know. Yes, you do. You've had you've had like a billion CDs in your car. It was minutes to midnight. Was it? Yes, that I had in my car on constant repeat. That oh. you were just like, don't take it out, play it again. Oh. Don't take it out, play it again. Yeah. Don't take it out, play it yeah. again. Yeah. And we listened to that on loop over and over and over, and that's what started you. Yeah, I don't His remember. His love for music, I really think, started with that CD playing in my car. Lincoln Park, for sure, is one of your, if not, it's your favorite band of all time. Yeah, it's it's still my favorite band and of all time. And that's what I... got you started for your love of music was Minutes to Midnight in my car on loop over and over and over and over. I don't that, know when I actually got into Lincoln Park. I know that, I know. I, I mean, was that's still young, one of my like... favorite albums of all time. And that's, you know, yeah, do you remember, that definitely um, has something to do I with it. I think I got into Lincoln Park, like, earlier, but I didn't, like... No entire albums. I just knew like a couple songs yeah. here and there. And that was the, that was the album that was in my car that you were like, "Don't take it out. Just keep playing it." And it played on loop over and <laughs> like you had to know every word of every song and every track. I mean, we yeah. just listened to it. I don't know how many times. Oh, it never came out. Like I never popped it out of my car. It just played on loop over and over and over every time but, um, you were in the car. So, do you know who actually got me to Lincoln Park? I thought it was me. <laughs> What do you it mean? Was, it was Evan. <laughs> when, when I explain... Shout out to Evan Sparrow. When I explain <laughs> how, how he got me into it, you're going to uh-huh. be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. So, mm. like, one time I was over at Evan's house, and um, I think Alex showed him, and then he showed me. It was the music video for uh, In the End. Really? Yeah. Where they're, like, they're, like, they're, like, singing, like, in, like, a desert with, like, a statue thing, and there's, like, whales flying everywhere. And then I came home, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever, so I played it, like, on repeat all day long, that music video, over and over again on the family computer. You don't remember that? No, I don't remember that. And I did that with multiple other music videos. I, I did it with that music video, and I played it on, I was maybe, like, Ooh. seven or eight. And that was, that was like, and the first album. That was off the first album, right? I think so, yeah. But Which I pl- is your first tattoo, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I played it on repeat, and I remember... Like, I think I got into, like, a couple songs of theirs because, um, I, like, I was on YouTube and, like, when you finish, like, a video on YouTube, it's, like, suggested, like, stuff pops up. So I would play that song, like, at least 200 times. Yeah. And then I guess the computer, like, was, like, I mean, you I play do remember you 200 I times. Do, I do remember you playing song, Linkin Park songs on the computer over and over. Yeah. And but it then, was the it was minutes to midnight I had in my car and that you would just be like just put, don't know don't turn it off just keep it and it was on yeah. loop for but um a year probably yeah that, like on the computer <laughs> though when I was like six, between like six and eight some time around those ages that's when I was like learning who Lincoln Park really was because so I would just like like um click on a video watch the music video like at least a hundred times and then like it would say like suggested for you like this song by Lincoln Park and I was like I don't know that song by Lincoln Park so I had to go listen to it yeah and, and, I, I, and I did that for at least like 50 songs and then your the first concert you went to I took you to you were yeah. like what 13 14 14 and I really didn't know how that was gonna go because when you don't like something you're a complainer <laughs> like you <laughs> am I wrong I mean if yeah, he doesn't like, like he, something, if he's not happy, it's he like is very quiet. Very, yeah, like he's not yeah, having it. So I'm like, go. well, we'll go and we'll see how it goes. And it ended up being a festival, and 
I wanted I was to see. So nervous for that. I wanted to. I really wanted to see. Godsmack was one of the headliners, and I, they had a bunch of '80s bands. They had like Lita Ford and Slaughter, and like a bunch of '80s bands who I wanted to see. And they had the other band you were really into when you were really young was Skillet. Yeah. You loved the drummer Jenny. Remember? Yeah. She was a female drummer. I mean phenomenal drummer and you were like i really want to go see them and they were playing at the festival i'm like eh, well if we see the bands we want to see and then we have to leave we'll leave and you were just immersed in music and couldn't get enough of it and you thought it was like just the best day i think you actually said when we left you're like this was the best day of my life did he still just stand there and watch he's still just standing not? there and watched <laughs> and you, you know what's funny because i like can't sit still yeah most people like when they're at a concert and he just stands there completely still like no expression yeah. no yeah. movement and i've heard that you can always tell I, I don't know where i heard this but it was like you can always tell a musician mm-hmm. when they're at a concert because everyone else will just be like dancing around and having a good time but musicians will be soaking in every beat every note every mm-hmm. like so you can always and i'm like oh that makes that makes sense actually because that's exactly how it is he people will be like bouncing off the walls all around him and he'll just be completely still <laughs> staring at what's happening on the stage mm-hmm. so you'd say that you've uh shown tyler pretty much a lot of his music taste you were the one who introduced him would you say Tyler has shown you any big bands that you're like, oh my gosh, I yeah. love them now? He, yeah. He's absolutely shown me like new music, mm-hmm. new bands. He's also made me like rediscover old bands mm-hmm. that like Iron Maiden, for example, who goes, you know, dates way, way back, you know, before my time. So I was. I like them. I never loved them. I wouldn't call myself like a fan. But when he got into them, like I rediscovered the music all mm-hmm. over again. And when he listened to it and and uh, Rush is another one. Like when I grew up, I was not a huge fan of Rush. Um, and when he got so into Rush, it made me like appreciate the complexity of the music and the drums and the bass and all like things I never listened to before Mm -hmm. I was like starting to listen to in a completely different way and just so much appreciate all of the music in a different way that I never heard before right because of him being a musician yeah which was like really really Mm -hmm. cool because they were bands I grew up with that I I just never heard it the same way I hear it now which is like so just totally cool Mm -hmm. even now like i feel like i listen to the drums in a song more than anything yeah Yeah. so i mean i do too like Mm -hmm. i would have never even thought like you listen to a song and you're kind of listening to it as a whole and now i listen to a song and i listen to the drums specifically and i'm like i get it now yeah like i can i can see the complexity of Mm -hmm. the drums and i just totally see it in a different way Yeah. It's a different way of listening to the music than I did before, and it's a total, it's a total appreciation of the music that I never had before. Yeah, I always think, man, Tyler could do this so much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So since you've been immersed in music culture for so long, and do, are you aware of any like modern day big music groups? Or are you still more like 
focused and favoring those older groups. I'm still here was I here was my my music journey, let's mm-hmm. say. So I grew up in the eighties and I like I said, I had friends who listened to Duran Duran and like I don't even know. Frankie goes to Hollywood and the, what was being played on the radio, which I really had no interest in. And then I kind of found like the harder rock and the glam rock. And that's what I loved. Mm-hmm. And then in the 90s, whatever, early 90s, I guess the grunge era hit. Mm-hmm. And I was not a fan. Mm-hmm. Tyler's laughing because he knows what I'm going to say. Like I was not a fan of Nirvana. I was not a, I just wasn't a fan. You liked Soundgarden. Like, I, I love I love anything Chris Cornell, I love because he's just got such an exceptional voice that you I mean no one could argue that he's I just I love everything Chris Cornell is involved in. Other than that though, I did not like the whole Nirvana whatever Pearl Jam Smashing Pumpkins era of bleh, I just hated it. It was it was kind of like. In the 80s, it was all kind of like party rock kind of stuff. And then it got like depressing and kind of like hair got small and clothes got big. And it was just this weird era of music that was totally different from what I came out of. And I hated all of that. I wasn't a fan. So it was kind of like a bummer for me because it was like there was no exciting new music in that decade, like I thought. And then there was like this post-grunge era of like Shine Down and Papa Roach and I started loving music again. Like I love all that. It's like I guess the early 2000s and forward kind of music. Love that. And then like you got me into like Nothing More and Highly Suspect which is like really well, I mean, what I consider more recent, but I mean, what they, less than 10 years, right? And yeah. he, you know, I, I'm not a fan of Spotify because <laughs> I still like old school. I like to have things on hard copy. I like to peel the plastic off and open it up. And I like to see the artwork and the, the thank yous and the lyrics and the names of the songs and all that. So I'm not a fan of Spotify. However... I know it's a great way to find new mu- new music based on your taste because they'll say, oh, well, if you like this, you'll like this. I actually have a friend who is my Spotify. <laughs> he says his name is Scott, so I call it my Scottify, who will be like, I just found this. You'll really dig it, and he'll send it to me. And I'm like, yes, you're right. I really love it. And then I'll go and actually order the hard copy CD <laughs> off of Amazon because I just need to have the hard copy and see the list of songs. And But for sure, like, Tyler will be like, oh, you'll really like this. And he'll bring up, like, newish bands yeah. that I would have never heard of before yeah. and say, you'll really dig this. You'll really like this. Listen to this. And I will. And he's usually right. Yeah, Tyler's definitely the go-to when it comes He's to new He's the go-to when it comes to new music, for sure. He's pretty much a Spotify himself. Oh, yeah. He just has yeah. everything. Um, so when it comes to, like, the music you want to listen to, I feel like a lot of people we talk to who have been, like, our age are like, we want to listen to music to make us feel something, you know? Like, the lyrics are really important and all that. Um, but what what do you listen to when it comes to music i'm sure it has evolved from you know tyler being a musician now you listen to the music music aspect but also being a dancer are you just like i want music that's gonna make me dance 
I mean, that's... I mean, I don't want to oversimplify. Like, I'm uh, for sure people who want to listen to something with the lyrics are important and it. They have some kind of emotional response to it. It's all like, you know, music is a very personal thing. You listen to, you like what you like and it's yours only. And you listen to what makes you feel good or what, you know. For me, it's kind of like, you know, for sure there's a nostalgia there like you hear a song and it sparks an emotion and it makes you think of something but music is you know you hear a song and it sounds good and it makes you want to listen to the song again yeah and then you hear it again and you're like i really dig this song i want to look up the band and find out more about them and listen to more of their songs Mm -hmm. So, I mean, music is, you know, it starts with listening to a song. So it's all about what to your ear, which is different for everyone, what sounds good to you. And if you're all about the lyrics, then for sure you should, you know, go out and find songs that are deep lyrics and find lyrics that mean something and make you feel something. And if you're just about the beat, then you Mm -hmm. should go out and find songs that you just you know, make you feel good driving in your car and listening to the beat. It's all about what is, you know, it's a personal, it's a personal choice yeah, for you. Definitely. And for me, it's, it's across the board. There's mm-hmm. songs that I mean, I personally, you know, yeah, there's, it, it'll spark a, a memory from high school or there's, there's songs that will, you know, l- the lyrics will just hit me and I'll feel them. And then there's songs that just, I don't not even hearing what the lyrics are. It's just a really good beat, yeah. and I like to listen to it. So it's not one specific thing. It kind of goes just across the board. Okay, I have another question um, regarding Mr. Rabibero and you, okay? So Tyler and I have, I would say, fairly different music tastes. Like, the stuff he doesn't listen to is, like, yeah. my favorite, you know? Like, you like my music, but it's not like we always listen to the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you two always had similar music tastes, or have, like, you evolved with each other to like the same kind of music we we have kenny likes some things i don't like Mm -hmm. i like things he doesn't like and then we have some crossovers that we both like Mm -hmm. like he does not like the really heavy that's that's where tyler was kind of like my concert buddy so he kenny would never be interested in going to see pantera Mm-hmm. Or, like, Black Label Society or Slayer or, like, he just, it, it's just not a good time for him. Mm-hmm. He likes more of the classic rock. He's a huge Alice in Chains fan, which I like. I don't love, I wouldn't say, because that kind of falls into the whole grunge era of, I kind of, I kind of thought music became a little bit of a bummer. Although mm-hmm. I do a- totally appreciate the music, um... And but we do have crossovers of bands that we do both like and will go see together. There's a there's a crossover, you know. So yeah. I have mine. He has mm-hmm. his. We have some that we like. Okay, so together. we're good. We're good. So you're good. You're <laughs> totally totally good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Let me say. Talking more about Tyler, where do you see Tyler going in the future, or what do you hope? For Tyler, I mean, the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I actually had a friend recently ask me because I think her daughter was um, showing an interest in like musical theater and mm-hmm. things like that, and she said, "Can your can your child actually have a career in music?" And my answer was, 
I absolutely think they can have a career in music mm -hmm. if they have a realistic expectation. So would I love him to be on tour with a band and just, I mean, I would love nothing more than that. I would totally come on the road with him and be like their band's mom and do their laundry and cook their meals and all that. Because <laughs> parting with him would be more than I can handle. But, you know, teaching and, you know, there's just so many other things with the, you know, within the aspect of music that is not just, oh, I'm going to become a rock star. So as long as you have that realistic expectation of I can make a career out of my music and you know what that actually means. Number two, I think, is supportive parents. Because if you don't have a, a team who's behind you, I think it kind of might fall apart a little bit which he absolutely has. Um, and I, I mean, as far as his music, it, there's nothing that gives me more joy than listening to him play and watching him play live and all. So I want him to have a life and have a career and have a, you know, I want him to do whatever he wants to do in, in music and make it work for his life. Mm -hmm. um, however that may be doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be, you know, a rock star selling out arenas. And mm -hmm. I think that's totally okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that goes out for all, like, aspiring musicians, pretty much everything you said. Although I do think Tyler will be a rock star selling out arenas one day. But um, I know a lot of people listening probably want a career in music one day. And I think everything you said was really reasonable how, like, there's so many different aspects of music you know if you're not on the big stage like just have music in your life if it makes you feel something you love it always keep it in your life with any art form you know I, I keep yeah I think inside. I think that's true yeah and I mean I, I also think and this comes from Mike Portnoy who I don't know if you've ever seen the video the birthday message that he said I don't think no, she has no, seen yeah, you, 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 uh, what? you have to show <laughs> my, my 18th birthday, birthday. Yeah. yeah video shout out from Mike Portnoy who's Tyler's favorite drummer who I mean he had some great advice like I gave him a little background on Tyler and everything mm -hmm. and he's like the best advice I could give you is never stop learning like, even though you're at a point where you're totally skilled and you know what you're doing and you consider yourself like an advanced drummer, there's always someone you can learn something from that you didn't know and something you can give to someone else who's also at that same skill level that they didn't know. And it's kind of like a team of people who all help you out and you help me out and I need this and who needs drum tracks done for this album we're doing. And it's just keeping a constant, you know team of musicians who all are willing to be there for each other and help each other out and do what the other one needs done mm -hmm. and it's the open communication of you know you you can you can always learn more you can always do more you can always you know help another musician out you can always get help from another musician you know you can just never stop that was my Mike Portnoy's advice, never stop learning. Do just get involved with as many musicians as you can, learn from them as much as you can, soak it all in. Yeah. All right, are there any last stories you wanna share with us about your concerts, Tyler's concerts, anything? I don't know, what, what can we, what can we, uh, what last concerts can we say? I don't know. Uh... Good ones or bad ones are like, uh, 
There was a time I took what, you to. What, what's the worst show you've seen? The worst show? Yeah. Oof. I don't know if I want to. I don't. <laughs> was it one of my shows? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Honestly, the 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 worst show I've ever seen, and I it, it's not like I want to diss the musicians because I I would feel really bad doing that, but it just wasn't my taste. I took Alex, my daughter, to a Fallout but Boy show, Fallout Boy, and it was Fallout Boy and Paramore. Paramore, they were awesome. Haley Williams, phenomenal voice, that was great. Fallout Boy, I'm just not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I just did not like them at all. And it, it the night seemed really long because I thought it would never end because I just wasn't. I was glad for her. I took her. She mm -hmm. had a couple friends with her or whatever. And it was great, you know, that she got to go and she had a good time and all that. But not a fan. Didn't like that show. <laughs> yeah, that's probably how my mom felt when I dragged her to like a One Direction concert. That was yeah. like my thing. <laughs> Like, she was like, nah, yeah, I'm here, but not a fan. Have, I went with all my friends, and it was like matching T-shirts yeah. and all this stuff, and I was crying. <laughs> and then um, right before uh, One Direction came out, like literally five minutes before, I was dancing, and I danced, and I hit my mom in the eye. Oops. And I look at her, and her eyes were bleeding. And I oh, like, my God. And she didn't <gasps> want to ruin my night. Yeah. And so she was like, I'll be right back. And she just went to like the medical tent or whatever. And I was like, Oh my God. No. I was like, Harry Styles is right about to come on. <laughs> she ended up being fine and whatever. But And um, for her, it probably yeah. wasn't about the music. Like, yeah. she was probably really happy that you were there yeah. and having a good time and you loved it. Exactly. And it was probably a really great experience yeah. for you. Unfortunately, um, about the injury, but it made it more memorable. For yeah, me. for sure. <laughs> but yeah, Fallout yeah. Boy, not, not really a <laughs> big fan. And. Not, not, uh, yeah, just not a big fan yeah. of that show. <laughs> All right, anything else? Uh, I, I'm good. Are we ready to uh, ready to wrap it up? Ready to wrap it up. Ready to wrap it up. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks yep. for having me. This was fun. Yeah, this, this is going to be coming out on Mother's Day. This Mother's, this, Day this Mother's Day edition. Podcast Mother's Day edition. <laughs> All right, so we're ready? Yep. All right. See everybody. You can learn it.